Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. In the interest of transparency, let me admit as I start this podcast that I've always been interested in outer space. Maybe it came from growing up in the 1960s when America's space program blasted rockets and heroes off the pad constantly. I sat with my parents to watch Armstrong take one giant leap. I had a telescope set up in the backyard to gaze at the stars. My Aunt Bonnie bought me books on science for Christmas. You will not be surprised to hear that I am captivated today by some amazing science. And this science causes me to work pretty hard to integrate all this with God as I understood the divine from that little backyard in Missouri so many decades ago. In all this vast universe of space and time, what about me, you, and God? Hello everyone, you're listening to Tracks for the Journey, the podcast dedicated to your well-being. Three thousand years ago, a Hebrew poet sang the song we know today as Psalm 8. He asked in modern language, quote, I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro-self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Quote. With today's scientific knowledge, we ask this question with even more astonishment. Here are some amazing facts from science today. The universe is big, really big, incomprehensibly big. The latest estimate says 7 billion trillion stars burn in our universe. That's 70 followed by 23 zeros. That would be more stars than there are grains of sand in all the deserts of Earth. From one side to the other, the universe measures 540 sextillion miles. That's 540 followed by 23 zeros. In relation to all this vast expanse, the size of our Earth is like a single molecule floating in the air of our entire atmosphere. Consider also that the universe is 14 billion years old. Our planet is nearly 5 billion years old. That's a lot of pages torn off the cosmic calendar. If you condense the age of the Earth to 365 days... The existence of the United States would appear in the last 1.5 seconds, and my puny life would come on the final one-tenth of a second, on the final hour of the final day.
A third fact amazes us. Human beings are numerous. The best estimate from the Population Reference Bureau is that 110 billion people have walked this planet in the last 50,000 years. Today, nearly 8 billion are alive. Sadly, most of those across the long spans of human history lived only 10 to 12 years in the primitive conditions that prevailed. Try to grab this picture. If all 110 billion stood in a line back-to-back, the line would go around the earth 1,665 times. That's a lot of waiting to get in that line. These vast numbers make our brains spin. And as our tiny brain cells spin in this vast universe, we're forced to ask, how big am I? How big is God? This episode is entitled Vast. The word vast means, quote, immense, or a very great quantity, end quote. That certainly describes the space and time of the universe and of our human race. The Bible says that God is present to all this vast universe. Now, the ancient singer of the Psalms would have imagined the stars he could see were pasted on the inside of a huge bowl that moved around the earth. God lived above that bowl in the heavens. Occasionally, God would come down to earth. Now, we've come a long way in our scientific understanding. And progressive Christian theology believes this theology needs adjusting in the light of our modern knowledge. We need to think of God as not up there somewhere, or even stationed in a heaven that is at the center of the Milky Way. God is present for every atom, person, and galaxy. As Psalm 139 says quite rightly, quote, Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? End quote. The theological term for this is panentheism, meaning that God is present in all things, and all things are present in God. The divine is truly omnipresent with every subatomic particle, every human being, every supergiant star, always creating and evolving throughout the universe. Now, I think of this when I hear someone pray, quote, God be with us today as we travel, end quote. To be correct with the biblical truth, wherever you are or wherever you go, God is already present. We don't need to ask him to be there. God and the universe are not in separate places, but together. So how big is your God? Our faith should stretch to believe a God who is present across 540 sextillion miles and 14 billion years. That may seem impossible, Yet, actually, our imagination is already stretched large by the physical universe that we know. You are quite aware that the molecules of your body are made up of elements that literally came from the stars and have existed for billions of years. Or think of how our bodies are unknowingly being penetrated by electromagnetic waves which originate billions of miles away. At this very moment, your life-giving breath is made possible by tiny cells carrying molecules of oxygen in your bloodstream. 
When we take a moment to think of all this, we are close to imagining the God who pervades it all with creative power. But I think a more difficult question is, how big am I? As one person among 110 billion, how can I count for anything? Do I have any value? I'm not the smartest or the tallest, just an ordinary person. Who will ever even remember me in a hundred years? The truth is, most of us don't even know the name of our great-grandfather. Like him, I'll be forgotten too in just a few years. So when we open the Bible again, we find the Hebrews felt this in 1000 BC. It was then that one sage wrote, Life is, quote, nothing but smoke. The smart and the stupid both disappear out of sight. In a day or two, they're both forgotten. Yes, both the smart and the stupid die, and that's it. I hate life, end quote. That's from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Pretty harsh words, don't you think? A similar thought comes from the French philosopher Pascal over 300 years ago. Quote, when I consider the short duration of my life, swallowed up in an eternity before and after, the little space I feel engulfed in the infinite immensity of spaces whereof I know nothing and which know nothing of me, I am terrified. The eternal silence of these infinite spaces frightens me. End quote. The question arises, though, whether we should feel this way. I exist, and you exist. Is my existence significant in this vast universe? That's an important question for us, and I think we can find an answer after the break. As we take a break today, I want to talk with you about a place you can find help and support challenges you're facing. During these difficult times in our world, many of us are experiencing anxiety, grief, broken relationships, or sadness. And when these get so very heavy, it's important to reach out for support. So I want you to be aware of a great website that you can use to provide help. It's called BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com provides confidential, online, licensed professional mental health providers who will meet all kinds of emotional and relational concerns. When you subscribe, you'll be matched with a counselor who's trained to meet your needs. You can communicate by video conference, email, chat, or phone on any device from the convenience of your home. Now, the cost varies and you'll need to check in with them to see what it is. Some insurance plans are covering this cost. It has actually been my pleasure to be one of the thousands of licensed professionals on this counseling team. Over the past year and a half, I've helped over 200 clients. And across the world, BetterHelp.com has made a big difference for many, many thousands. Don't hesitate today to check out BetterHelp.com.
thanks for joining me today for this episode of Tracks for the Journey. We're considering the topic vast. We can turn to philosophers for help in thinking about the different ways we measure value and significance. Nick Hughes of Oxford University has an excellent resource that was published by the online magazine Psyche. I've adopted some of his thoughts for this podcast. He says one scale of measure about our value is called causal significance. Measured by the Milky Way, I don't have causal significance. I have no effect on the planets revolving around the sun, nor do I cause a photon to carry a beautiful color from the fall flowers in my yard. But I do have quite a causal effect on the existence of my four children, right? Another measure of value is called intrinsic significance. My 165 pounds of bone and flesh has no intrinsic significance at all to the mass of the earth. But the consciousness in my body to make a choice about what my body can do in this earth is significant in itself. It would be significant if I decided to help my neighbor when his house is on fire. Philosopher Simon Blackburn says the most important question about our value is to ask, to whom? In other words, my value is partially found because I am valuable to other beings. This is called subjective or relational significance. You are valuable to your family. If you're a parent, you have produced human beings who will carry the future. That child may have a life-hindering disability, but to her parent, she's wonderful. You are valuable also to your community, perhaps to care for that needy neighbor or to vote for a better leader. Your presence can inject meaning, love, and worth in the life of someone who can influence another person who in turn touches someone else until a chain of meaning is created that stretches far beyond that small beginning. Your actions can have instrumental significance to create a beneficial result across the world. Now what about you and me and this universe and even God? I believe the foundational meaning of life comes because we have subjective significance to the greatest being, that is, to God. In this spiritual perspective, God's nature is love, and this has granted us a sacred and significant value. The Bible has so many assurances of every person being loved by God. We find in 1 John, quote, We love because God first loved us, end quote. As amazing as it sounds, each of the 110 billion who have lived across this planet's history have been under God's loving care, able to commune in some way with the divine. There has never been a person just like you, nor will one ever exist. Another witness of God's self-giving love is displayed in the life, ministry, and resurrection of Jesus. We are so significant that God even chooses to suffer with us as his very nature of life-giving love. The divine invests loving energy to bring us toward love, meaning, and good even beyond our earthly lifespan. As the Apostle Paul wrote, quote, 
I'm convinced that nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. End quote. Coming back to our original question, what is really so vast as to be beyond comprehension? Is it 70 sextillion stars? Or 14 billion years? Or 110 billion humans? Actually, all of these are dwarfed by God's loving presence and action throughout this universe. We can have well-being because we are significant, just the right size to be one of God's beloved children. This truth is indeed vast, beyond our understanding, and it is in such a truth that we find the foundation for well-being. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio on the High Plains of West Texas, all rights reserved. Please visit the Facebook page, Tracks for the Journey, to learn more about this broadcast. I welcome you to follow the page and enter the discussions. And if you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast host, and you can get a copy immediately notifying when one is posted. I'd encourage you to share the link with a friend and to rate it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach me by email at the address trackspodcast at mail.com. Keep making tracks on your journey for well-being.